It gives me great pleasure now to welcome Anna Goodman to come and speak to us. I will get Anna up on her feet quickly and uh, just let her speak because I didn't give her enough time in the first meeting. And uh, she's got some amazing stuff to, uh, to share with us from our, our series on the Book of Acts, which is the, um, it's the first bit after Jesus has, uh, has gone, back to, gone back to heaven and he's left his disciples. And uh, so we're just plotting, plotting the, our way through that, through that account of um, sort of the, the early believers in the, in the early church. Um, a reminder, if you've um, if you've got children, you want to make use of our um, sort of activities through in the uh, through in the other room. You can do so. Anna's voice will be loud and clear um, through a live feed through there as well, so you won't miss out on what she has to share. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, I think I, the last time I was here. It's probably about two years ago, something like that. I've been to your women's breakfast, the magenta thing, that that was a very good breakfast, made a good impression on me. Thank you for that. I'll come back again for that. That was really good. Uh, We actually really enjoyed being with you, um, some of you will know, um, on last weekend for the big weekend, which was big. It was good. It was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed it, me and my uh, sons are here in the first service, my husband Daniel, I think you've seen him a few times, and we just really enjoyed spending time, eating food, getting to know you all, well, some of you, and uh, just, it's, it's just so nice to be in person, you know, isn't it, with one another, instead of seeing faces on screens, I'm not a fan of Zoom, I've got to admit it. Um, I just want to tell you a story from something that happened from that weekend. Uh, I've always been told that actually often the people who are the most blessed, you think you go to a place and you're there to serve um, and to bless other people, but definitely it's always the way in God's kingdom where you receive that blessing um, even more so, and I definitely can testify to that. Um, So last weekend, uh, for those of you who weren't there, we had the final session with Steph Liston, and he was talking about Acts 1 and how sometimes God brings people to a central place, let's say to Peterborough, um, and he speaks to them and he trains them, and then he asks them, he sends them back out to wherever they've come from, to their roots, um, to go and share what they've learnt. And so during this, he was just encouraging us to think about, you know, where are your roots? And could God possibly be calling you to go back there at some point in some way in your life? So my, my grandmother, she's um, from Switzerland. So I'm um, partly Swiss. And so I remember um, in the session being like, well, God, and I've previously thought this, you know, Switzerland's part of my roots. And so I felt like God was reminding me, this is, this is my roots. So I wrote in my, my prayer journal, God, Switzerland's part of, part of my roots. You know, are you, I feel like maybe you are stirring me and calling us maybe back there to some extent, maybe to visit, go on holiday, eat the chocolate, I don't know. Um, but to some extent, um, back to Switzerland. And then I wrote, is this you or is this me? If it's you, um, then can you confirm that to me? So I wrote that, and about an hour and 10 minutes later, right at the end of everything, just before we were going to pack up, um, a young lady came up to me. She is 12. You might know her as Micah. 
from uh, amongst you guys. And she came over really quite nervously and uh, timidly towards me. And she, um, Simona said, uh, Micah, it feels like God's spoken to her for something for you and Daniel. Um, she's a bit nervous. She doesn't really know what it, it means. It's only one word. So I was intrigued. Um, and I know, you know, one word from God is powerful, isn't it? You, you, one word from God is all you need, really. And so with intrigue, I said to Micah, Micah, what is that one word? And she said, Switzerland. Like, what are the chances? Like, honestly, what are the chances of her... Like, she didn't know I wrote that. She didn't know any, anything. Um, she does not know I've got any kind of heritage going on with Switzerland, but God does. And I love that because that is the Holy Spirit speaking who, who dwells. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about that right now. But the Spirit who fills us, who is with us, speaking to her, speaking through her, speaking a very simple prophetic word. And as a result of that, this whole week we have been praying about that as a family. You know, God, what does this mean? We believe you have spoken about Switzerland. So does it mean we're going to visit there? Is it in 15, 20 years? You know, we're asking him questions, but we're taking it seriously because we believe that that was the Holy Spirit speaking through, you know, a child of God, a literal child of God, but, um, and, and we delight in that. So that's what we, we actually, I'll, I'll mention that a bit later, but we're, we're talking about Acts 2, which is the coming, the, you know, coming of the Holy Spirit on the believers. So I'm just going to quickly pray for us, very quickly, um, as, I, as I began to read. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to us on earth. And Jesus, thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we just, we love you. We need you. We welcome you. Pray that we would receive everything um, that you have for us today. Um, we just, we're hungry for you and we, we want to know you more. Amen. So we don't have many children here, but, you know, I like props. And my props in the first service, I don't know how well they went down, but I'm still going to hang in there with my props. So I'm talking about the Holy Spirit when he comes as mighty wind. Can you hear that? Anyway. Yeah. Right, maybe we should do that. Okay, when I say wind, you can, you, why don't you guys hold this? Wave up in the air. You know, turn it on, and everyone else, if you want to, you can go, you've got masks on, so it's COVID-friendly. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Then, you know, a few of you, I'm just going to hand out Lego pieces. These represent tongues of fire. Okay. My son, in the first service, I was supposed to have all of this, but he used the Lego pieces to make a heart. And I said, but I need those pieces. And he said, if you break them, you'll be breaking my heart. <laughs> So, literally, and uh, so I can't break that up, but um, why, don't you, why don't you hand or just pass it around? And this is just to, so you can reenact in, in a child-friendly way, Lego as being tongues of fire, right? While well, well, Dan hangs out the tongues of fire in a way that the Holy Spirit would be doing. Um, I'm just going to set the context here for this passage in Acts 2. So 
We have had Jesus who's come to the earth. He has died, he has been buried, he's come back to life, and he's going to go to be with the Father in heaven. And he's told his disciples, um, he's given them this instruction, okay? He said, go out into all the world, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world, and tell them about what I have done. Go and baptize and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then he says, but before you do that, wait. Wait until you have been clothed with power from on high. Wait until you have received the Holy Spirit. Basically, you need the Holy Spirit to do what I am asking you to do. So wait. So that's where they're now in Jerusalem. This is the um, day, the Feast of Pentecost. So that's 50 days after the Passover. And they're in the upper room, and they are waiting for the Holy Spirit, not knowing when the Holy Spirit is going to come, but they are being obedient. And they're probably a bit scared, probably a bit afraid. So, cue the mighty winds, okay? And the tongues of fire, I'm about to read. Right. (laughs) Okay, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Thank you, tongues of fire. That separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native languages? Language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
I just want to take a moment to briefly unpack a few bits there that I think would be helpful for us to understand. There's lots there, lots there that I could spend a long time on, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so I'll just bring a few, few elements of that out. Firstly, this, this passage is kind of a, a hinge passage. It's a hinge moment in history where there's now a before and an after, where things have changed as a result of what happens there. So before, what we, we've seen in the, the Old Testament is that fire, often fire guided the people. So we would have like the pillar of fire leading the um, Israelites through the desert, and everyone was to follow the fire. The fire represented the personal presence and glory of God. And so everyone was told to gather and follow the personal presence and glory of God represented by this fire. But then here, so that's the before in the Old Testament, here we have that fire separating out as tongues of fire. And what this means is that the temple, the place where the personal presence and glory of God is now changing from four walls, from being inside and residing in the temple, the tent of meetings, the tabernacle, to having legs in that the temple is becoming people. The Holy Spirit, the personal presence of God, is now residing in people. So we've got this change that it's no longer the temple with walls, it's the temple with legs. It's no longer one fire, it's many fires. And then we have before, as I said, previously it's follow the fire, be, come and gather to the fire, and now the instruction has changed. That's the before. The now is go, Acknowledge that the personal presence of God is in you. You are a temple. Now go and bring the good news of who Jesus is out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. So the rules have changed, as it were. And then we have them speaking in other languages. Now, the Feast of Pentecost um, was one of these pilgrimages. So people would come from the ends of the world and they would gather to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. And now these Galileans who are filled with the Holy Spirit are speaking in other languages. And everyone's amazed because they're like, you're from Galilee, you should be uneducated people because basically only like the people who are from Gal um, Jerusalem were educated. And how is it that you know all of these languages that we understand? And the, what they're saying is they're proclaiming the glories and they're giving a testimony of what God has done. So these people from all around the world are hearing the testimony in their own languages from these uneducated people and then it says later on, thousands were believing it and being saved. And then, which is so clever of God, they're going back into all of their places and sharing what they've heard. And immediately you can see the instruction of how God is saying to go out into the ends of the world is starting to be fulfilled because they are sharing what God has done in that moment in Jerusalem. I think that's so clever that God has, his timing is perfect, isn't it? He knows exactly when to do things. 
Then we've got this, this, then Peter explains what's happened because people are still, you know, a bit confused as to, you know, is people drunk? And why is all this commotion and this wind and this fire? You know, what is going on? And he explains that this has been prophesied by the prophet Joel. You know, in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. So again, we've got this game changer, this hinge point where in the Old Testament, only special people at special moments in time were anointed with the Holy Spirit. But now, everyone gets to be filled. If you are a child of God, as Dan read out, if you love Jesus, as God is your Father, then you have the Holy Spirit. And you, you get, your, everyone is special in that way. And so he's trying to show this is, this is for you all. You just need to believe and receive. This is the promise of the Father. And as I said with Micah, Micah is a 12-year-old girl. And I love that. That is what we're reading about now, today, for us. Because all means all. It means there's no boys' club or girls' club where only the boys or the girls get to you know, join in. Everyone has the Holy Spirit. And there's no age restriction. I'm five foot two, and I used to go to um, you know, amusement parks, and there always was this, this wretched ruler on the wall that said, you know, if you're above this height, and you go and get to have the fun, go on these roller coaster rides, and if you're below the height, or of a certain age, you don't. You can watch people having fun. But here, there's no height restriction. There's no age restriction. It's everyone, 12-year-old girls, but even younger, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you know and put your faith in Jesus, then you get the Holy Spirit. There's no watered-down, half-pint version of the Holy Spirit that has been given out. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that my children, you know, seven and nine, they, they get the Holy Spirit in them and filling them and empowering them in the same way as I do. No one gets to miss out. So they all get to receive. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit of my um, story. I was, uh, I was brought up in a Christian household, I believed in God from an early, early age. I don't actually know a time where I didn't, didn't believe and love him. Um, and I, I, I just have always felt like I've had a relationship with him. But when I got to university, I got to this point where I felt like something was missing and my relationship felt very dry and a bit um, empty. And I went to a church and uh, because I was brought up Catholic, they, they sort of talked about the Holy Spirit. They actually called him the Holy Ghost. So to me, this Holy Ghost was very mystical, not very... I just didn't know what to make of him. Didn't, couldn't get my head around the Holy Ghost. Um, but then I went to this church at university, and all of a sudden, they just seemed to have life and fullness, and they would be sharing God's heart in a way that I hadn't seen before in my masses that I used to go to. And um, they just uh, would sing in these languages, and there was just such a, an amazing presence um, there that stirred something in me. And I was just like, I want this. Whatever they've got, you know, this is, this is something that feels like it's missing from my heart and my life. Um, and someone prayed for me, and all I can say in that moment is just I, they didn't push me, but I fell, fell to the floor um, with the power of God. 
And I was just shaking there. Um, and I, I was studying at the time um, neuroscience, which is half, half psychology and half biology modules. Um, and so the psychologist in me was like, if, if I'm making this up, if this is all in my mind, then I could stop it. So I was really trying hard to like stop it, with the shaking on the floor. I was like, I could, if I'm making it up, I will control this. But I couldn't. I was just shaking, and I was weeping as well. I'm not someone who cries often, but I was just weeping. I was just like, what is going on? Um, and it was explained to me afterwards, you know, this is, this is sometimes what happens when the Holy Spirit touches you. You know, Almighty God touches our frail bodies. We're going to have reactions and behave in ways that, you know, are different to what we would normally expect. And from, from that particular moment, for me, that experience, everything changed. Like, I can only say that it, it felt like I was going from a, a black and white experience of God to a technicolor, you know, all, like, real engaging um, relationship with God. It was just like, it came alive, and I felt like I started to hear from God in a way that I'd never heard from God. I loved my Bible. I was so hungry with reading my Bible and getting up early to read it, and um, I started to speak in tongues, which I hadn't done before. I was, I was very suspicious of tongues at first, so I just, but this is, this is part of the journey God was bringing me through, and it was the Holy Spirit at work in me, and we're encouraged to be filled again and again and again with the Holy Spirit, and I've had other experiences not like that, and I've had some experiences like that, but what we, what we saw here earlier is that, you know, when the, the wind came, the Holy Spirit, another word in Greece, uh, Greek, rather, is pneuma, which means breath, wind, or spirit. And just as, like, you know, we need oxygen, don't we, to breathe, to live, right? But we don't do this. <gasps> and just take one breath and breathe in the oxygen and, and that's, think that that's okay. No, we need to carry on. Please carry on breathing. Please, no, no deaths here, please, today. But, but that's what it is. Holy Spirit, like in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, be being filled in an ongoing way with the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually being filled with the breath of God, with the Spirit of God to do what he wants us to do. And so that's, that's where I really want to end right now, that to encourage you to earnestly, continually ask the Holy Spirit to fill you in an ongoing, everyday way. The people back then needed the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to help us do what God has asked us to do. We don't want to do this in our own strength. The Holy Spirit wants to empower, to fill us, to clothe us, with his power from on high so that we get to be the effective witnesses that Christ has called us to. So I'm just going to pray for us now, if that's okay. Um, no matter where you are in your walk and journey with you know, God, I'm just going to pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that we are your children and that the, the promise for your children is that we can have the Holy Spirit in us. So we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you fill us, because we need you. We need you to live the lives that you have called us to live. Thank you that you don't withhold your presence from us. 
Thank you that there are no restrictions. And so we just come to you with open hearts, with open hands, saying, you know, we need you. Please fill us afresh. Please fill us with the gifts that you want to give us. I pray for young and old here that they would be filled afresh with you, that no one would exclude themselves, no one would discount themselves thinking that I'm not worthy because none of us are worthy, that we would all come to you knowing that this is the promise for us. I pray that you would fill this place, fill these people, your temples with legs, with your powerful presence, and that they would prophesy, they would speak your words to one another, over one another, to Peterborough, to the world around them, that you would use them to bring your life, to bring your kingdom here on earth. I pray that you would give them visions and chances and dreams, that you would um, open their eyes to see you like never before, open their ears to hear your words pray that you'd give them fresh hearts of passion for your gospel, that where you're calling them to go, they would be obedient and they would go. I pray that they would be spirit-led people who are listening to your word and obedient at every, every second of the day, watching, listening to your, your call. And I pray especially for the young people here, that they would um, bring your presence, your personal presence, your glory into the schools around. And that just as fire is contagious, that your fire, your spirit would be contagious everywhere they go, that people would be caught on fire with passion for you, Jesus. And that they would just grow more and more and more in love with you every day. Amen.